Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. I'm glad you're here, wherever you are listening to The Sound of My Voice, uh, because uh, this is one of those films uh, that I love to uh, feature on Film School because, gosh darn it, it's so so good. And that would be called Christmas Again. Uh, the director, writer, producer is Charles Pokel. It's basically uh, the story of a heartbroken gentleman by the name of Noel. He returns to New York City to work the night shift. At a sidewalk Christmas tree lot, devoid of any holiday spirit, he struggles to stay awake for the long, chilly nights in his trailer while daytime traffic keeps him from getting any real rest. As he spirals into despair, he comes to the aid of a mysterious young woman in a park. And we'll just leave it there because it's just, this is this is a cool film. Uh, Christmas again, we're joined, as I said, director, producer, and writer. That would be Charles Pokel. Charles, welcome to film school. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're thanks welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Tell me a little bit about the story behind um, uh, Christmas. Again, you obviously wrote it. Where Where did this come from? Yeah, I uh, I just moved to New York City. I guess this was about 2009, 2010, and I I, I kind of first on, dawned on me that I hadn't seen a movie that explored the kind of unique uh, life of Christmas tree salesmen in New York City. Um, and I think as a filmmaker, you're always looking for a story that hasn't been told before, or a setting or a character that hasn't been explored. Um, so I immediately gravitated towards that. So I actually opened up my own Christmas tree stand uh, and ran that for three years before making the movie so that I could uh, write the screenplay uh, and have a location to shoot at that I had full control over. And I also used some of the profits from selling trees to help fund the film itself. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, I've heard of method actors, but I don't think I've ever heard of a method <laughs> director before. Now, this is new. This is fa- That's fantastic. Talk about throwing yourself into a project. So... Obviously, you you had this idea for the character of Noel um, yeah. in in the process of doing this. Is how much of you is in Noel? How, what what was your or where did he come from? Because I think he's a terrific character, by the way. Yeah, I think I just was interested in exploring. I think the holidays can be difficult for a lot of people, and especially people that work in jobs that kind of facilitate the holidays. Holidays, so whether you work in like an apartment store or you know a Christmas tree stand, um, it's like one of the most difficult times of the year. Um, so I thought, you know, how can I kind of crank that up one notch further? And I thought, you know, what if he's going through a heartbreak um, because that's kind of the worst time to be alone, um, and then even further, uh, what if that heartbreak kind of all his memories of that person are kind of entwined with the setting he's now kind of uh, immersing himself in. Um, so that he's got constant reminders of his past and of his ex, you know, ex-girlfriend. I want to get into that and I, um, as well, because I, I be honest with you, I, I, I'm not trying to you you mentioned you know you'd seen this and you were kind of interested. I've wondered about that myself. I mean, who hasn't been on a Christmas tree lot and saw, seen a guys of us you know in their twenties? Maybe sometimes you see somebody in their fifties or sixties working there and wondered you know how how does this happen? Because it's I would assume that they must they must make a little bit of money or a good amount of money in a very short period of time because obviously that window is very very brief but that there must be some interesting reason why these people are doing the work they're doing and my hat's off to you for making these people real 
and also and and also kind of humanizing them in a story. I, I was I was pulled into this film very quickly. Um, he's obviously there's a lot going on in Noel's uh, backstory that we that is revealed over the course of the story. Um, but the actor Kentucker oddly is a find for me. What in casting this film? What where did these uh, the and also Hannah Gross? Tell me about the casting because there's a lot of very interesting people in here uh, who immediately ring true. They're not on screen a lot, but they feel real uh, in that part of it. But certainly, Kentucker being uh, the uh, the one who carries this film, where did he come from? Yeah, I, I had um, been I had kind of known Kentucker peripherally for a few years. I think I first saw him in a movie called Bad Fever uh, by Dustin Guy DeFay that played South by Southwest like four or five years ago. Um, and he was just kind of tremendous in it. Uh, and then I'd since seen him in Amy Simons' Sun Don't Shine and a few other movies. Uh, he also directs some micro-budget films himself. So I kind of, uh, you know, we were kind of ran in the same circles. Um, and my casting director actually acted with him before in Bad Fever, uh, Elaine Hendricks. And she kind of thought of the idea when we were going through leading men. She was like, oh, what about Kentucker? Um, and we'd already cast Hannah at that point. And so once we got them to read together, it was just kind of clear that these two had a really terrific chemistry. Um, and Elaine or her casting for, um, she, um, spe- she, uh, specialized in street casting. Yeah. So she works with a lot of non-professional actors, um, kind of like hybrid documentary narratives type projects, right. um, which was really important to me because we wanted to kind of have a very strong authenticity, uh, regarding the uh, customers that, that come in and out of the stand. And there's a lot of them. Um, so a lot of them, some of them were actual customers. Some of them were just kind of people in the area. Um, a lot of non-professional actors, that kind of stuff. We're speaking with uh, Charles uh, Bokel. He is the director of Christmas Again, the film uh, uh, nominated for a Spirit Award for the John Cassavetes Award, which is a terrific uh, uh, under $500,000 production uh, and under uh, films uh, are are nominated in this category, but uh, anyway, I want to go back to your cinematographer. Yeah, let's talk about him because the the film. There's a lot of uh, very close shots. A lot. This is one of the f- things I I really like about your film is uh, the characters are told not only in dialogue and in the circumstances, but the cinematography seems to really be up right up in their in their faces, and we see a lot of that their acting comes through in, in, in their faces and, 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 and it's just a terrific job here. So talk about Sean's work on, on this. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it was, it was kind of threefold. Uh, we knew we wanted it to feel very claustrophobic because in reality, these, uh, these guys selling trees are confined to these kind of small corners. And they rarely kind of get out of those. Um, and we also knew that this was a movie about loneliness and like a lot of it takes place at night. Uh, and so a lot of the acting in Kentucker's performance is really based on his physicality and his facial expressions and not as much of, um, about dialogue. So we knew we had to kind of get pretty close to show that. Um, and then <laughs> lastly, we, you know, the, the camper that we shoot in is just really, really small. Um, so we really didn't have uh, any ability to, to really get any wider than we did. Than we did. Um, we would have had to kind of remove a whole panel of the camper or something to get a, to get a wide shot. So. Well, it's, it's kind of re- revealed, I believe, at the end of the film, uh, how small a space you were, you were shooting in. I, I mean, is that, is that accurate that there's a scene when she returns 
Yeah, to, definitely. Without is, giving too much away, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, I don't want to give anything away if I don't have to. But, I, but it's definitely uh, tight quarters. Uh, and um, again, uh, yeah, as you said about Noel, the uh, character of Kentucker, oddly, is it is a lot of his movement, his facial expressions. He conveys an awful lot um, in in all of that. And there are one of the strengths of this film is the subtlety. I really appreciate films that allow me as a viewer to travel along with the characters and these revelations are not hitting me over the head, but I'm, you just are paying attention to what they're doing. And that's, the, that's again, the strength of this is this ability to reveal characters in subtle uh, but very distinct ways. Um, that's, a, that's in the direction for me. And um, congratulations on that i don't know thank if i have you. a question exactly but i just yeah, want to no, point I mean, it out i i guess i can say i, I uh, my background is in documentary film and uh, i did a few projects that were kind of uh cinema verite in the style of like fred weissman and albert nasals yeah and i think working on that kind of material really gave me an appreciation for subtlety and nuance and kind of yeah, human behavior and uh complicated interactions between human beings and stuff like that so that was something i was definitely uh, reticent of in making a film. And, you know, with a lot of the non-professional actors, um, I would have Sean kind of shoot it handheld. And so a lot of it almost feels kind of documentary uh, in, in, you know, in many ways. The film looks like it was filmed during Christmas or, or what, when was it? Obviously it was winter. I'm going to say obviously right, it yeah. appears to be winter. Tell me about your window of production. How many days were you shooting on this? Yeah, we shot for 15 days, um, and we didn't have much flexibility because we were shooting at my Christmas tree stand, which is only open from uh, Thanksgiving until Christmas. So we had about a three, three-and-a-half-week window to shoot the film. Um, so as far as casting and all this stuff, like, we kind of had to, it was then or, it was then or never. Um, and, uh, you know, we also, because the tree stand was operational and we were selling trees, the supply of trees was slowly dwindling throughout the season. So we also had to shoot the film in order um, so that, you know, we had that continuity. Um, so, yeah, we did three five-day weeks, and this was two Christmases ago. So 2013, we shot it. I, I, that, I, there's another aspect of the, the knowing your story that, that endears me even more to Christmas again is this. Uh, you really put it out on the line to, to do this film not for a lot of reasons. I mean, opening up your own Christmas tree stand, but that that level of commitment is is very admirable. But you really put uh, a window in onto this production that it had to be done in, and I'm sure that made for some very sleepless nights in in in, in terms of getting it. But you got you got some great stuff. Thank you, and I think it actually made it. I think it made it take longer because when I first opened the tree stand, I thought, okay, I'll shoot the movie this year, and then as December quickly approached, I was like, okay, I can't. I'm not ready, you know? So then it was like, okay, we'll I have next December. So then I kind of like took my time and then next December came around and I wasn't ready again. Mm-hmm. So if I had, a, if I had the ability to kind of push it a month or push it two months, it, it probably would have been shot a couple years ago. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, by the way, <laughs> I'm just curious, uh, Charles Bacall, uh, is there, yeah. is there any money in selling Christmas trees in, in that window that you're six, seven week window you're talking about? Yeah, there. I think there definitely can be. There wasn't as much for us. Um, we just didn't do the volume of trees that I think I had originally thought we would. Um, there's, we do about 
we sell about three, me if we're lucky, four hundred trees. Um, see, in, you know, in the month we're open, uh, there's some tree stands in, in the, you know, in busier parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn that will sell over a thousand trees. Okay. Um, and they have a they have kind of long standing relationships with farms and have you know better rates on on their stock and stuff. So, um, it what didn't quite end up being as lucrative as I had uh, anticipated. Okay. Well, it's just interesting because you. I wonder. I mean, I again, this is a very narrow window. That people have in order to to make some money on it, but uh, it's fascinating. Again, let me remind our listeners: we're speaking with Charles uh, Pokel, and it, the film is Christmas again. You're, now, a little bit about the journey of the film: uh, where it, it it screened at Sundance, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, our um, but our world premiere was at Locarno last summer, uh, and then we took about four months off, and then yeah, we uh, U.S. premiere was at Sundance. Uh, and then we played New Directors, New Films, which is uh, at the MoMA and Lincoln Center, uh, and then a ton of other festivals. So. And the reaction has been wonderful. The the, uh, uh, the the critical acclaim, the people, obviously it's done well at film festivals, but uh, for people who care about this, it's, I believe, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And um, now, I mean, obviously you're gratified by the reaction, but what has what has been sort of the lesson learned in terms of uh, opening Sundance, doing the film festival circuit, and beyond. How, what have you kind of gleaned uh, as a director, writer, and producer uh, in in that whole experience? I think I've just kind of learned to to follow your instincts. Um, you know, this is my first feature. I'd, I'd worked in films before, um, but I hadn't you know directed anything or done a narrative like this. And I just kind of took a leap of faith and just you know when I didn't know what to do, I just kind of trusted my instincts. And same went with the the post-production process and the in the in, you know in the um, the festival circuit and all this stuff, and it, it just um, yeah I think people maybe too often kind of look to uh, to how others have done something as a blueprint for how to do something, and I think you know a lot of the a lot of filmmaking is just a lot you know it's very instinctual and just kind of work it through I guess. And and. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get varying reactions uh, to that. I'll ask that question every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I mean, in terms of being your first narrative, you worked on documentary films. Um, what do you carry forward? What is the thing you learn as a, a lesson learned as a director? Now, what was the size of your crew? Let me ask before I get into that, that question. Yeah, we were um, under 10. I think we were probably about seven or eight. And um, yeah, you know, like you said, we're in the five hundred thousand dollar category of the Spirit Awards. We could have made this film about you know four or five times uh, and still been in that category. I was, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's the amazing thing. Uh, and that is one of the obviously we benefit from the technology available today. Film the cameras uh, are better and less expensive. You can get them, get a hold of them, and and make something uh, for a lot less money than even just a few years ago. But it's all this other stuff that goes along with it. I don't know if you did Indiegogo. Did you do any crowdsourcing on, on the? We film? did a Kickstarter, yeah, for about um, for about a third of the production budget. So okay. And, and what I'm finding, and you can echo this if it's true, that it it isn't just you you put it up there and, and hope for the best. That in and of itself becomes its own particular enterprise is to go after crowdsource funding. Oh, it's a it's so much. It's a ton of work. Um, yeah. yeah. Well. Well, it's worth it. I, I will be perfectly honest with you about this, and I mean every word of it. These are the kind of films, your film Christmas Again is really the reason I'm doing this show, is because 
these oh, are thank uh, you, Mike. yeah these are the films that are just so I see beguiling I mean it, it, there's so much there's there's so much to like about it the acting uh, the set this kind of a different kind of a story the arc of these people's stories it doesn't just happen because we have a showbiz sort of script in our head and this is the way it's supposed to go these these are seem organic and real and the acting is just terrific everything about this film is um like i said it's one of the reasons that i feel so grateful to be able to talk to filmmakers like yourself um and you see more and more of these really high quality films um uh that heaven knows what was recently um there's just a a number of films that you know these are labor of love and and Mm -hmm. connected with the right people to get to get these uh, to get the result you wanted um, yeah we have the same cinematographer as heaven knows what actually we share that uh, Sean Price Williams so. okay oh there you go uh, and you know you see I know I'm going back to um, Sean Baker Raheem Barani yeah who've been doing these kinds of films for a little bit now and seeing so you know seeing it seems to be an east coast more than west coast uh, thing among these directors that you really well, Sean, sort of... Sean's here on the West Coast. Sean Baker. Oh, is he? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is he now? Because oh, he did. Because Prince of Broadway and Takeout were all on the you know filmed in New York. Right. Yeah. I guess he might. He started off in New York, but he's he's here now. So yeah, yeah he did, you got him now. He did Starlet <laughs> and Tangerine. So yeah. So he's probably. Oh, good. Well, yeah. that's good to hear. Uh, but it is uh, putting that aside. It's great to see these kinds of film. Um, I just did. Uh, we just interviewed the uh, director of the. Uh, a documentary on the neorealist, the Italian neorealists, and I look at this oh. in very much the same vein as these the, the filmmakers like yourself. Uh, is sort of, it's sort of, kind of in in that school or in that in that kind of along that continuum, that time, uh, that continuum of of uh, directors who are doing films like yours. That it feels just, it's an exciting and interesting um, group of films and filmmakers. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, it's a really exciting time for for independent cinema. I agree. I agree. I know that a lot of people bemoan the sort of the the um, the finances and the dem- and the economics of it, but I on I'm I am wholeheartedly uh, a fan of of where we're going and the kinds of films that are being produced, and certainly this is one of them. Um, what anything coming up? What are you What are you working on now? I'm writing something right now with my wife, actually. So we're uh, almost done with a with a draft, and we're hoping to shoot it uh, next year. Well, hopefully, the, you'll be able to draft off of the the success that you've had with Christmas again, and um, continue your good work. Thank you, Charles. Yes, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, so much. Uh, the The film is uh, Christmas Again. Charles Bukel. We They can go to find out more about the film. It's at Factory Twenty Five. There's a there's uh, some information. I don't know about screenings. Help me out on other additional screenings where it might be or other platforms. Yeah, Factory Factory 25 lists all the different theaters that it's screening at. Uh, and you can also go to the film's website, which is just xmasagain.com. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Okay, xmasagain.com. And uh, eventually, VOD or whatever Hulu or whatever it's going to be on, right? Will will be we'll yeah. It's it. actually on. It's on VOD right now. But if you live in LA, I really want you to come to the Lemley. So. <laughs> Amen. All but right. If you you know yeah yeah. The suits love those opening weekends, and and it certainly helps a film, especially an independent film, a lot. If you take some time and get yeah. out, for God's sake, get off the couch, go see 
great cinema in an intimate setting with an opportunity to have a question and answer with uh, writer, producer, and director Charles Bukel. All right. Thank you so right. much. Thank you so much for being here. And please come back and, and uh, on the show uh, when you've got something coming out. I really would Oh, I'd love to. My pleasure, Mike. And thanks for having a show like this. It, you know, it helps keep films like these alive. Well, thank you. Great. Thanks. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.